You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This episode of Great Pets is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This is the Great Pets Radio Show with professional dog trainer Brian Kilcommons and Dr. Jim McKiernan of the Great Bay Animal Hospital. The Great Pets Radio Show. Now, here's Brian and Dr. Jim. Good morning and welcome to Great Pets on this lovely Sunday. A little bit cloudy, but kind of nice. And this kicks off National Pet Week. So that starts today and people talking about adopting shelter pets. So how are you, Dr. Jim? Good. Back. Nice to be here, Brian. Nice to 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 have you back. And nice to hear your voice. Here we go. Okay. Got a lot of stuff today. National Pet Week. Tell me about it. Um, It's recognizing pets and people going to shelters to adopt uh, dogs and cats. Okay. So this is the week that shelters, do they really, they got to gear up then. Gear up for the onslaught of people. Hopefully. Yeah. In fact, you know, with the tough economy, a lot of... uh, People are running into rough times. There was a big article in the Union Leader uh, about horse relinquishment. You know, people yeah. are losing their jobs, and it, roughly it costs about twenty three hundred dollars a year for a horse. That's just one. That's a lot of money. And well, we have three, so I know it well. Yeah. So and hay prices are through the roof. Grain is going up, and if people run into a bump, I mean, it really puts them in a difficult situation. And plus, the Horse Slaughter Act which was passed, where we can no longer humanely slaughter horses. We now have 100,000 horses a year coming into the system. And what's interesting, the Kentucky Derby, did you watch it? Uh, no. They, you know, horse prices have dropped drastically. Horses that were going for a million bucks are now going for 100,000. There are hundreds of farms for sale in New Jersey, uh, in uh, Kentucky, because people are getting out of the horse business. But why I'm bringing this up, is about 60% of the overpopulation of horses are coming from these farms. You know, it basically one in four colts really make it. The rest get placed for adoption or sold in some fashion. So hopefully with the economy, people aren't going to be breeding as much, and hopefully we can drop the population. Boy, that's, that's a tough one, you know. It is, but I'm going to Cochico Humane Society today. I'm going to go be working some dogs. Maybe meeting some of the volunteers there. And maybe meeting a lot of new pet owners. Hey, our number this morning is one eight 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 four four one nine eight seven six. You got us both back. We had a little hiatus for a week or two, but we're back. You want to hear a nice story? Uh, yes, okay. I want to hear a nice story. <laughs> Wearing only a diaper and a sweatshirt, a two-year-old boy was found wandering alone, save for the company of a pit bull by his side. In the Gaylord area Sunday, it appears the toddler had been at, without adult supervision for at least six hours, according to a report oh by God. TV 9 and 10 News. Michigan State Police believe the child went roaming while his mother was at work and his, fa- st- his father, who was on prescription medication, was sleeping. This is in Michigan. So this pit bull just trailed along and, I guess, protected the little two-year-old. Yep, and uh, good thing they didn't end up in Denver, did they? Uh, right, for those listening, Denver has outlawed the breed because they're Tor- not a good breed. Well, you know, we've mentioned this before as far as breed-specific legislation or pit bulls. And Toronto Humane, because we have the same issue up in Canada, just came out and said, you know, guys, 
with all the Pitbull bans that you've had for the last 20 years, it has not impacted on dog bites. And right. this was the premise that right. this was passed. Exactly. So as far as doing this, and for the union leader, they got me a little bit angry this week. Hey, we're going we're gonna to have a, a little bit of a fun show today, too, Brian. You know, you've heard the term... Um, Alternative medicine. Maybe you haven't, but you know, when I, 13 years ago. <laughs> what do I live in a shack? But Maybe you, I haven't. Well, you know, the, the word alternative medicine was, um, at the time back in 96 when I got out of Tufts, was for the non traditional things that we would do Western trained. That would be acupuncture, herbal remedies, you know, holistic measures, things like that that we, we used to call alternative. Well, we don't tend to use that word anymore, alternative. What we use instead is a word called complementary. And for those of us who have sought it out on our own behalf for our own ailments, we do so as well in dogs and cats. So we're going to talk a little bit today about, uh, about acupuncture and its role in, uh, in, in treating dogs, cats, horses, and other things, and uh, maybe get into a little bit of herbal medicine stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's you know, it's, I don't like to use the term alternative anymore. It's complimentary. And I'm a big fan. Yeah. We've used it on our dogs. You know, it's made a huge difference. So as far as uh, talking about acupuncture and how it can make your pet's life better, we're going to be talking when we get back. Yeah, we have Dr. Medina, who's joining us from the University of Florida, and she is uh, she's very uh, uh, proficient and been doing this quite a long time. And so she's going to tell us a little bit about acupuncture. Didn't she go to, to China to study? I don't know. That can be the first question we ask her. I believe so. Well, th- there is something called the Chi Institute uh, that's in Florida. So if you want to get, um, I'm sure she'll talk about this, but if you want to get certified as a veterinarian to do acupuncture, the Chi Institute is who you would go through. Well, Dr. Lee Garrett provides that, doesn't she? Acupuncture? Yeah. Yeah, as well as my clinic does as well. So. Well, I'm coming over. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm doing this. I'm, I'm, and I'm doing this kicking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with this, electrodes. This is Dr. Jim with Brian Kilcommons. You listen to Great Pets Radio. Our number is 1-888-441-9876. we come back from break, we'll be joined by Dr. Medina to talk a little bit about acupuncture and pets. We'll be back. Hey, boy. How you doing? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your Lifebook page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial Lifebook. No, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity. And friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here! Create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. 
In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Anong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim McKiernan, live with Brian Kilcommons. And we are joined by Dr. Medina. Dr. Medina, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for calling in on a Sunday. Oh, no problem. My you, pleasure. Now, you are a staff uh, faculty veterinarian at the University of Florida. Is that correct? Correct, yes. Yeah. And, you know, I started the show. I don't know if you were listening. Um, but I started the show talking about how we the words... You know, when I was in Tufts in 96, we used the words alternative medicine quite a bit. And since then, it's changed, hasn't it? I mean, now we use the it word has. complementary. Correct, yes. Isn't, isn't that a great thing? <laughs> you know? Yes. I, well, hi, Dr. Medina. It's Brian Commons. Hi, how are you? Welcome to uh, Great Pets. I'm terrific. Um, Thank you. What do you think brought about the change? You know, initially, I think the uh, medical community looked at this and took a step back and went, eh, a little bit far out. What do you think convinced them that this is now complementary? Well, I think part of it has been research that's been done, so being able to prove its effects has been probably the primary thing. You know, a lot of people in the medical field, you know, it's not that they don't want to believe something. Um, they just want to, you know, see evidence that it does work before they, they buy into something new. Um, you know, considered new in this country, although it has been practiced in Asian countries for several thousand years. Oh, you know, I actually went to a seminar, and this is kind of off track, but it's it's really interesting. I I listened to a Dr. Marsden talk, you know, yeah. Doctor, yeah, and he was telling a story in Italy where they found a, a you know body like how many hundreds of years old, right? I mean, just way, 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 way back. Human, human, yeah. Okay. And what they found was all of these marks, like in where the body was, and what they found that these were little points where you would do your acupuncture. Mm-hmm. And and in in these little marks, they knew that they were doing that because they they used to use a stick, and they actually found like pieces of wood. So way back then, they knew it was working, right? Yeah, what, right. What's interesting, I know it was used in human medicine for centuries. When did it start transferring to animals? Was that um, part of the Chinese culture? About thirty years ago. Um, well, originally, yes. In the in the Chinese culture, originally they did it both in animals and people. And mainly the animals that they used it on were animals that they would either use for food or for work. So um, horses and pigs were kind of primarily the animals that were used. And then it's been used in veterinary medicine in the United States for the past 30 years or so. All right. And what do you what do you think it, it, where it's most effective as far as in treatment? What, what are you getting from people as far as bringing in animals? With what specific problems are you using this successfully? The most common thing we treat is pain. So whether it's pain from arthritis or if they just had a surgery, um, horses that compete in competitions that, you know, become sore afterwards, similar to like an athlete. Um, so those are probably our most common things. And then we also see a lot of neurologic dysfunctions. So patients that have either seizures or they may be paralyzed in the hind legs um, from an injury. 
Do you find that people, Dr. Medina, are seeking it out, or, or do you find that you are proposing it and they're saying, okay, that sounds good? I think a little bit of both. Initially, um, you know, we definitely included it as one of the options for treatment, and then people, you know, had no idea that that was even an, an option and became open-minded. But then also, you know, word of mouth has, has been kind of spreading, and so now people are actually seeking it. Or, you know, a lot of people, maybe they've come down with cancer themselves and they don't want to take, you know, heavy medications, and so they seek the same for their pets. Now, can we describe a little bit without getting really too graphic, graphic or technical? I mean, I go for graphic. How, how it works, because the concept is when we do acupuncture, we... Is it different for pain? I mean, it's it's basically endogenous morphine or morphine from the brain that's released to make the pet feel, or person or pet feel better, right? Right, yes. So it doesn't only just release um, endorphins, but it also releases other hormones to regulate um, various functions in the body. It releases um, anti-inflammatories, um, also, you know, white cells and red cells to go to an area to help clear up an infection or deal with inflammation. So it has more than just um, pain-relieving functions. That's amazing. What Do you find people, uh, out of all the people that you see, do you find any resistance when you say, well, you may want to try acupuncture, and they're like, huh, isn't that a little bit out there? Yeah, I, there's definitely some resistance. I mean, my the practice that I'm in now is, is kind of different because um, since basically that's the service that I work under, you know, people come there specifically for acupuncture. Um, but prior to that, when I was in private practice and, you know, giving the owners all of the options, you know, there was definitely some people that were hesitant. And, you know, the majority of people who listen to this show are dog and cat owners. So what ailments, again, with dogs and cats um, would we be looking for treatment on? You mentioned arthritis. That's a biggie, huh? Yes, exactly. So arthritis, a lot of times, you know, just the older dogs that, you know, there's nothing majorly wrong with them, but they're slowing down. You know, they're, they're, it takes them a little bit longer to get up, walk around. They're getting owie. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we also see a lot of cancer patients that, um, you know, may be undergoing chemotherapy that are getting sick from the chemotherapy drugs. And, it so wor- and that works, huh? Yes, it helps with um, nauseousness. It helps improve the appetite gives them more energy to feel better. Now, you're a, you know, you're, you're a specialist, correct? Yes. Now, I mean, we know with some veterinarians who aren't specialists, but they can offer this. I mean, this is offered everywhere in the country, so people can take oh, advantage right. of this. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Well, how, yeah. how, is there board certification here, or how do you find somebody that's gone through the needed training? No, there isn't board certification at this time. Um, there are three schools that teach acupuncture in the United States, and so if you go to their website, it lists the people that have taken the courses. All right, what schools are those? Um, one is called the Chi Institute, <clears throat> and that is here in um, Reddick, Florida. Okay. And then there's the International Veterinary Acupuncture Society, and they um, they change their where they teach their courses each year, so to try to kind of have more of a broad um, broad group of people joining their group. And then also the Colorado State has a program through their veterinary medical association. Oh, is that okay? Is that new? Uh, no, no. no. Yeah. So the Chi Institute, that's C H I. Yes. Correct. Institute dot com or dot org. Um, it's actually www.tcvm.com. 
Okay, so much for the Tree Institute. Yeah, you can Google Tree Institute. You know, it's funny, Dr. Medina, is that they were going to come on and uh, talk about it, but they kind of said, you know, my English is not the best. You know, I don't want to. It was really funny. It was a very nice guy, and that's how he said, you know, you may want to consider talking to you because. Okay, great. But it is truly an amazing, you know, adjunct that we can offer people, and and the other thing is, it's not all that expensive. I mean, it's. It's not going to, for a lot of people, it doesn't break the bank. Right, right. You know? What does it cost? You know, Generally. I think it probably depends on the, on your, on your area. Um, you know, because we work at the vet school, you know, usually our fees can be a little bit more pricey than, than your average, um, you know, small animal hospital. But, um, our fees for a small animal, um, are usually about 130 to 150. Yeah. Oh, okay, per treatment. Yes. Yeah, we're well. You know, a lot of the a lot of the um, smaller clinics would be less than half of that. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've taken Wyatt. I have a German Shepherd. He, he has both elbow and hip dysplasia. Who would think? Um, oh right. Yeah, yeah, and he's <laughs> he, he's getting really ouchy. So we periodically bring him in for some treatment, and it's worked oh, beautifully. Good. good great. Uh, are there now when a dog does get a treatment? Um, how long does it typically last before they would need to have it done again? That kind of varies um, depending on the patient and, and what their condition is and how long they've had it. Um, so we kind of tailor it to the patient's needs. But usually, initially, we you know we do it maybe once a week, once every two weeks, and then we spread them out maybe once a month, once every three months. Mm, okay. Um, so, it, you know, it can be anywhere from if it's something that just happened, like in a painful condition that just happened, one treatment may be enough. But if it's something that's been going on for several years, it might take, you know, three, five, maybe ten treatments over a period of, you know, a couple months to a couple of years. And there's no adverse side effects to it, right? I mean, there's nothing people should get worried about if the pet does have it done. I mean, they think, um, they not, think needles. Not so much the acupuncture itself. I mean, as long as it's someone that is certified in acupuncture that knows where the points are and knows, you know, how deep to insert them. You don't want to obviously um, insert in certain areas of the body insert them too deep. All right. Well, listen, we want to thank you for taking this time on a Sunday morning to educate all of us on, uh, no on, on acupuncture and, and continue the great work. Great. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thanks, thank you. Dr. Medina. Have, have a great day. Hey, everybody, Google the Chi Institute if you want to get some information on and acupuncture and in your pets. And it's Dr. Medina at the University of Florida, and she is good at what she does. This is Dr. Jim, and we'll be back. Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough? For all of us on-the-go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books, such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and Me author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets for your free audiobook. Hello! I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. 
My pet experts will be coming to the party to answer your pet questions. And they'll also be sharing their favorite stories and messages with us. But I'll be asking them some tough questions. We'll get their opinions on the hot-button topics like the pit bull ban, pet food, vaccines, religion, politics, and animals, cat decline, and the latest news, whatever's turning the animal world on its head, we'll be talking about at the animal party. This party's got bite. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Great Pets. I'm Brian Commons with my co-host, Dr. Jim McKiernan. We're talking pets. Give us a call at 1-888-441-9876. But I mentioned earlier, you know, this little piece that they had in the union leader and and it was just really poor form on their part and also showing some of the bias that uh, the media has developed towards pit bulls so manchester uh shelter is doing a top adopt a pit bull day so they have this story run where i'm sorry but these geniuses get a dog an adult pit bulls supposedly off craigslist they bring it into their home, and the dog attacks their two children. All right, hurts the kids, puts them in the hospital. And when when they run this well, how ad, long ago ad, ad adopt a pit bull day, and then they run a, a blurb on the uh, attack that was done on the two kids by this one dog. You know, if it was a lab, they wouldn't be doing this. Same day? Or no, it, that happened a week earlier. But then Manchester was trying to adopt out some pit bulls. You know, <clears throat> and the thing is, it, it just really supports this thing that these dogs are different somehow. Well, should, and they, they, not. Sh- should they not have put it in the paper? I mean, isn't that news? They should they, day no, and but age, the thing is, they did a story on people who, in my opinion, really was poor judgment. You know, to go on Craigslist, pick a dog, any dog, but especially a, a large dog that you don't have a lot of information on, bring it into your family, don't have it unleashed and under control when you introduce it to the children. You know, and then this happens, and now it's all pit bulls. You know, earlier on I wrote a story about yeah. a two-year-old where this dog was hanging out with a kid and really kept him safe. So we, I think we really need to move away from this stuff. And you know, when the media supports this whole image of these dogs being different and terrible and vicious, it's just not true. Yep. And you almost want to invite them up to, you know, if you go to a lot of these shelters, what do you see? We see, in the words, not even pit bulls, but we'll see this breed. And they're really nice. I'm working with a dog now from Cochico. Uh, really nice. He's, uh, his name is Blue. This, this dog was kept in a backyard with two other dogs that were beating up on him all the time. All right, was never exposed to anything. A guy came up who was willing to foster him, and I've been working with Mike and Blue. But I'll tell you something. If you looked at this dog, and he's a very nice dog, your heart goes out to him going, you know, people really messed you about. So why is it happening then? Why why is you know let's face it you know the Irish like to drink you know and we can st- we can broad paintbrush anything we want, but why are pit bulls getting this rap? Why is there something in the genes? Is there something in the breed that predilects them to act the way they do? No. So you think it's they don't come out of the shoot? It, it's it's the dog. It's not coming out of the shoot. And you know also when so I was the- with WABC News years ago. Jim, I, I went down to Virginia 
to one of the good old boys. He had 70 pit bulls staked out, and he was an active dog fighter. That was what the story was about. But they were breeding those dogs for very, you know, uh, high submission rates to people. None of these dogs had a dirty thought in their head. You couldn't get them around other animals. But as soon as the um, dog fighting law was made a felony, and they, the media started running with the gladiators of dogs, all these idiots started getting them. And instead of uh, where they were breeding them for really not being aggressive with people, now people started building aggression into them either by treatment or trying to select it on this random basis. The thing is, with all my experience, Jim, I've, yeah. I trained over 40,000 dogs. I've worked with hundreds of shelters. I cannot walk into a shelter and conclusively define the dog being a pit bull. Yet they are trying to pass legislation saying that these dogs need to be banned when they can't identify them. It's not the dog. Well, it's not that they're trying to pass it, Brian. They have. Well, I mean, they're wrestling then, then, in Lynn, Massachusetts. Yes. You know, the thing is, is what they don't tell them. When you implement the band, it's going to cost you 120, 150000 a year just to implement the band. It's ridiculous. And every study that has come out so far shows that it does not reduce dog bites. We need to focus on people. And what people are doing, are they licensing the dogs, spaying and neutering, and leash laws? That's what's going to reduce this. And people being a little bit more knowledgeable and saying, you know what, if I'm going to bring a dog into my family, I'm actually going to do some homework here and not hope for the best and believe what I'm being told. To me, that's the main crux. That's the big issue that should have been talked about in the article. Getting the dog, bringing it into the house. What's your, you know, household situation like? Two little kids. What did you do? That's where they missed it. But here's my question. Can you take any pit bull? And I know that, like, like let's let's say this for another instead. Let's say German shepherds, right? They have a right. herding instinct, or some dogs, maybe like the uh, Dalmatian, have a guarding instinct, correct? Mm-hmm. Or Chesapeake's, which I like because they theoretically used to. Hey, you know what dog bites the most often? What Labrador? Yeah, well, well, but the thing is, yeah. if, if we're talking about dog bites, we should be banning Labradors. Yeah, according to this philosophy, these people have. But can you take? Can you? I guess my question is: Can I take a dog? Can I take a dog that you can say, Jim? That's definitely a you know a, a pit bull mix. We throw that out there, and I bring it in. Can I get aggressive tendencies easier out of that dog than I would another dog? I'm just trying to find out how much is it from the owner well, who's first, going for that. First of all, I need to back up. <clears throat> if you pointed to a dog and said, "Can you definitely say that is a pit bull mix?" I got to say no. Okay. All right. There's no, you know, the DNA testing has proven that the, what we're classifying these dogs as, it's a boxer shepherd mix. <clears throat> it's not a pit bull mix, for one. For two, I look at the dog individually, not collectively. You know, a, a perfect example, German shepherds. They said as far as the German shepherds should have the look of eagles. I can't tell you how many German Shepherds I've worked with where the look of eagles goes south pretty quickly <clears throat> because, <clears throat> excuse me, they're shy or they're frightened. Yes. Right? So when you start doing that, there is the assumption that all these dogs are aggressive. It is not true. It, you know, And I can take a great dog and put it with a poor owner, and I'm going to have an aggression problem. I can take a very unstable or potentially aggressive dog, put it with a good owner, and the dog winds up to be great. We need to really focus on the people who get these dogs. Like this thing on Craigslist. I mean, what are you thinking? 
Right. Oh, I'm, I'm with you on that. I just, you know, we had, I don't know who we had on a show. Your wife was here, and it was a really good show. And the lady was, who called in was talking about how certain breeds, it has nothing to, uh, to do with the breed at all. It, it's all about the people and the environment you bring it in. But, Brian, aren't there some breeds like, oh, I don't know, uh, you know, chihuahuas bite me a lot, try to bite me a lot. Right. But, I mean... Australian Shepherds can be very guarded sometimes. Where they, you know, you got to go. They're move. bred for specific things, but the thing is, is that there isn't a breed known as a pit bull. Okay. All right. So as far as that, you know, saying you're going to have a consistent behavioral type within the quote unquote pit bulls, there isn't. Right? So there, there's so many different breeds that are involved with this that they're saying are pit bull type dogs. I'll give you an example. I was giving a lecture in Illinois. And they brought out five pit bulls, all right, or pit bull mixes, all right? I looked at the dogs. I said, these three you can work with in place for adoption. These two you need to euthanize. Right? So as far as looking at the dog, th- that was not my primary decision-making. My decision-making was the dog social. Was it alerting on other people or other animals, right? Did it, was it interested in people and being willing to interact? And the two that I didn't like were absolutely asocial. They have no interest in people, definitely not a good pet. They could stimulate easily. So when they saw another dog, they were going to a high level of aggression. I had some people come up, you know, they really didn't like people and warned them as far as the approach. When you're adopting a dog, there should be some type of evaluation from the shelter. Cochico Valley Humane Society does it. The New Hampshire SPCA does it. If you're going to get a dog, one, get it from a reliable source, and two... Wait a minute. Craig's list isn't reliable? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> in, in, in fact, people should look for wives there, especially from Russia. Um, the, the other is make sure that they will take it back if it doesn't work out. These people now have this dog, and get this. This is what cracks me up. The people that gave, it was a, a couple that were dating, and the boyfriend gave the dog away after he split up from his girlfriend. Now the girlfriend wants the dog back, and all this back and forth stuff. Who wants to be involved with this? Go to the local shelter, let them help you pick a dog that's going to fit, or a cat that's going to fit into your lifestyle. All right? And if it doesn't work out, you can bring it back. These people now have this dog who's in quarantine because of the rabies law. Right? And what, what's going to happen with it? Now they're going through who owns what. You know, and if you have any good stories about pit bulls, like Brian and I do, give us a call at one eight 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 four four one nine eight seven six. Because you know what? They're not bad. We don't, if this type of legislation starts creeping in my backyard, we're going to get a lot more. But vocal. you know what? Denver has killed thousands upon thousands of these dogs. And that we now have a paramilitary force known as animal control in these counties where they can come into your home and take your property based on something they can't define. That's really a scary issue. Yeah, that is a scary issue. It's very well put, Brian. This is Dr. Jim, Great Pets Radio. Our number is one eight 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 four four one nine eight seven six. With Brian Kilcommons, it's a beautiful day. We are talking health and behavior of pets, and we'll be back after this break. 
It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. You're with Great Pets, 1-888-441-9876. It's a good one for you, okay, Brian. <laughs> this is on the AP this week. Husbands, if you end up in the doghouse, consider it a promotion. A third of the pet-owning married women say their critters are better listeners than their husbands, according to the Associated Press. 18% of pet-owning married men said their pets are better listeners than their wives. Well, you know what? Do you think there might be something going on in the home? <laughs> Would you think? Yeah. You know, when you talk about a dog, you know, one of the things I I like to talk to my dog all the time. And I, I like to talk to dogs that I see all the time. Honestly, I think dogs like it when you talk to them. And it depends on the tone of voice, right? You know, you don't want to be like, you know, deep, scary rover. But at the same time, what do they hear, by? What are they... You know, you've, you've seen the far side cartoon with the owner kind of yelling out all these things and all the dog hears is no you know yeah <laughs> what do they hear do they know words do they know intonation i think they know intonation i you know and as far as words that they've been taught to respond to yeah but there seems to be a certain camaraderie that we develop with our pets and some interesting stuff is coming out on this and, for, you know, for guys to understand uh, the women they live with and the relationship they have with their pets, uh, the human pet bond, you know, unleashed by ho- hormone physiology, where we have chemical reactions going off in our bodies when we're cuddling with our pets or petting our pets or talking to our pets. Which is a great thing. Right. There's a hormone named oxytocin. Do you know that hormone? Very well. Okay. <laughs> You're the doctor. Shoot. Tell people, tell our listeners about oxytocin. Well, oxytocin is released by the pituitary. Basically, oxytocin is used for um, 
it's used to stimulate uterine contraction for, for you know, inducing birth. Mm-hmm. It also creates lactation for, uh, for women to, to uh, you know, produce breast milk. And? Go ahead. <laughs> well, that also has a mothering impact. Sure. All right. So when we're petting a pet or talking to a pet, not only does the oxytocin level in the dog or cat rise, but it rises in us. And with women, it brings on this whole feeling of mothering, which is such a strong instinct in the human being. No doubt. So when people are petting their pets, you know, or somebody has a dog, and they're wondering, okay, why is my wife so attached? She treats it like a kid. Well, oxytocin is playing a huge part in this and driving some of that behavior. Hmm. How about that? There was another, I talk about the far side, there was a Garfield this week where the owner of Garfield looked at the cat and said, you know, you're not giving me any attention today. And Garfield turned around and whacked him on the head with something and said, is that good enough? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we, cats, we, we're in their world, baby. <laughs> well, and also, it's springtime again. And it being National Pet Week, you know, what happens is the shelters start getting flooded with kittens. Yeah, they are. So anybody that can help. And then also horses. You know, speaking of horses too, Brian, do you, you know, do you compost? Do I compost? Yeah. Heavily. Do you? No, I, we have three horses. They're really expensive, you know, <laughs> mulch machines. Yeah. But as far as composting, yeah, and we also do our household stuff that we compost. Sure, and you know what? A lot of people do. And if you walk into your local town hall, they often sell the bins that you use. But what I want to caution people on is that if your dog gets into the compost pile, the, when it breaks down the mold, the fungus, creates something called a mycotoxin or aflatoxin. Mm-hmm. Just had it again this week. It's, it's a classic. The dogs will show up at the emergency clinic. Usually they can't stand up or the animal hospital, any animal hospital. Their temperature, in this case, this week was 107.4. Well, normal temperature is about 101.5. Yeah, anything so. over 103 we consider abnormal. And we're at 108 Tissues will actually start self-destructing. I mean, this is the highest temperature. This is a biggie, and they'll seizure. It's a and it's a bad, bad, bad thing. So, be careful with your aflatoxins, and uh, your aflatoxins with your compost. Please do not let your pet have access to it, because it can it can really send them for a ride. The good news is it's generally about a 24-hour ordeal. If you can get over it, get through it, and um, right. But if your dog's in the compost pile. And chowing down, and of course they always love to do that, the smellier the better. You could really risk your dog's life. You sure can. So, so just be careful we fe- on that. We fence our, in fact, ours is doubly fenced. So they can't get into it because that, one, when we didn't have it fenced, there was a little bit too much interest there. So we just took the precautions of fencing it off, or they have the containers now to make sure that the dogs can't get into them. Right. And then, you know, when you do spread it out, don't spread it all thick into one area, because that's just asking the dog to eat more of it. Okay. Anyways, a word to the wise. So we have Karen from Cochico on the line. Hey, Karen. Hello, how are you? <clears throat> How's the goddess of Cochico Valley Humane Society? Doing very well. <laughs> Brian, you, you, you can be a little bit more regal than that. You work hard enough, girl. <laughs> Brian just mentioned uh, time of year, spring, cats. Uh, how's it going up there? Um, so far, so good. We definitely are seeing a, a small influx with pregnant cats and kittens already, but um, it's just the beginning. So. When does it really hit? Um, usually end of June, early July. All of a sudden, uh, the place will be full. 
Okay. Full of kittens, full of pregnant cats, or both? A little bit of both, yeah. Yes. We're preparing now, trying to get supplies on hand and just be ready for it when it happens. How, if people are in a position, how can they help, Karen? Um, any canned cat food, kitten food, money towards spays and neuters, any of that would be great. Okay. Um, and what's happening with you with National Pet Week? National Pet Week? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it starts today. Today, I better get on it. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, I didn't know either. So, but, but one of the things with, I'm going to uh, see you later this afternoon, but one of the things we're going to be talking about is us setting up some behavior classes for people mm-hmm. who adopt from Kerchico. And I think, you know, we may just want to open it to anybody uh, who wants to come who's having a problem with their dog. I think it'd be great. So they don't wind up in the shelter. Right. Less and dogs I, in the shelter is better. Yep. And I think Blue's coming today so we can see where he's at. He looks great. I saw him the other day. Yeah, yeah it doesn't his whole demeanor has changed, hasn't it? Yeah, much calmer, much happier. Yeah, and not aggressive. Mm-hmm. What, so. kind, what kind of dog is it, Karen? Um, he's a blue pit bull. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's nice, isn't he? He's gorgeous. Say he's it again. Nice. He's very nice, isn't he? Very nice. <laughs> I, I saw this dog. My heart really went out to him because he was a really nice dog, but never had anybody that shows him any type of caring. And in fact, one of the ways people can help with Cochico is fostering. Absolutely. What do you look for in people that foster, Karen? Um, it depends on what they want to foster, to be honest. There's, you know, we have some that just do cats, some that just do dogs. They need to have a separate area um, for the animals just in case they don't combine with the house well. Um, time commitment is the biggest thing, I think. You know, being able to just spend the time with the cats or dogs and work with them and socialize them and, and make them happy and healthy. How many fosters do you currently have now and how many should you have? We have probably around 40 foster families now. Nice. Um, I don't know that there's any number that we should have. I think the more, the better, because the less animals in the shelter, the better off they'll be. 200 would be nice. Mm-hmm, that'd be great. But that's, you know, <laughs> that's a way for people to help, isn't it? They can just open up their home, take a pet, and then keep it for how long? How long do people usually foster? For? Um, the general commitment's anywhere between 2 to sometimes 16 weeks. Um, I don't think I've seen much longer than that. Well, an example, Mike, who took Blue. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a single guy. Um really nice guy but he took blue to help make him more adoptable so he's socialized him he's taken him around i've been working with him as far as some training and behavior stuff and you look at this dog that was kind of really aloof and and concerned all the time to where he's learned to bond to a person his obedience is coming around he's much more adoptable Mm-hmm. And it shows people it can be done if you just put the time in it. Right. And there are more, hopefully more people like Mike out there that are willing to, you know, help, especially now because it's a pretty tough economy. Karen, anything up there today tickle your fancy? Any pets? Tell us about it. We have um, Cola, actually, who's a little English setter, Gordon setter mix. Um, she's very petite, and she's just she's hysterical. How she's old great is she? To run with two years old. Two years um, old. Name is yeah. Cola. And, Cola. And listen, anything that get, with the pet of the week gets adopted, it also comes with a uh, canine chaos grooming. Yes. Free grooming. Gifts for grooming, yeah. So give them a call at Kachiko today. Check in with them. Karen, the dog's name is Cola. You think mm-hmm. it's a winner? Let's get it at home. Fantastic. And I'll see you later, Karen. I'll be working some dogs, and we can talk about where we, I think we're going to be working at UNH to set this up. I think so. Oh, goody. All righty, <laughs> love. Keep up the great work. Thanks. See you later. Bye. So the dog's name is Cole. Get up there, people, and check it out. Usually, the, when she picks them, she picks good ones, too. You know what else? I really like older dogs. People forget how much work puppies are. Yep. 
You know, with the older dogs, you can jump right into it. Any bad behavior, if you start training right away, just drops away. And for every dog that you adopt up there, that's the pet of the week. Again, you bring them over to Canine uh, uh, Chaos, who is one of our sponsors, and they will do a complete grooming and everything else of the dog for complimentary. So that's nice. Yes, it is. So give us a call at one 441 9876 You're with Great Pets Live with Dr. Jim McKiernan from the Great Bay Animal Hospital, who does acupuncture. And I'm Brian Kilcommons. We'll, we'll be, be back. back. Hi, and welcome to The Family Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Colleen Safford. Each week, we'll focus on different topics, child pet safety, child pet training, just how to make an appropriate pet selection for your family. All of these things will be covered in each one of our episodes. So we hope that you will join us at The Family Pet on Pet Life Radio. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. We're great, great pets. Um, and we're just talking about acupuncture today, but also uh, we had Dr. Lee Garrett on, um, and uh, she has the big emergency clinic in Newington. But we're, she was talking about the cold laser mm-hmm. that they're using now. Yeah. So I'm setting up to go over there with Wyatt um, because he's this plastic both elbow and hips, and it supposedly is going to give him some relief from this. So between that and maybe acupuncture, do a double whammy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, and let him ease out because he's almost nine now. They do such a great job over there at the emergency clinic. They and they they from all ends. I mean, I'll just never forget when we had some couple of dis- disasters here and all the rain and flooding and everywhere. And and here she is, you know, running a business like crazy. How busy this place can get, and she opens up her whole place sometimes to bring in pets who needed a place to stay until the water subsided. So. They're a great place, and they're good. It's where I send my emergencies every day. That's where I'd be going. Yeah. And we're, we're a little bit farther away. There's closer emergency clinics in Auburn, but I'd take the drive. You know, Brian, what's interesting, too, is you see so many elderly people who walk with their dogs. Dogs and cats are a lurking household danger, they think now. According to a new report, pets cause all kinds of injuries in related to falls. So people actually trip over their pets more than 80,000 times a year. Tell me about it. Now, I remember meeting you 15, 20 years ago, and I walked around my dog, and you looked at me with these big eyes like, what are you doing? You, you, so talk about that. I mean, please teaching, don't step over your dog. Have your dog move. Teaching right? a dog to move. Yeah. You know, it's just like anybody else in the household. If somebody's standing in the hallway, you don't squeeze around them. You know, it's like, excuse me, it's just being polite. So behavioral level, it is very, very helpful. But as far as on a safety level, with our dogs, if I start walking up, they get up and get out of the way. So it's a very useful way of doing that. And a very easy way is as you're walking up to the dog, it's move. Now, a lot of dogs look at you and go, go around. All right? I just start this, like, choo-choo train with my feet. Just like, move, move, move. And they go, like, oh, okay. And then you go, what a good dog. And you give them a treat. And you right. tell them how smart they are. But so you're not kicking the dog. You don't you touch just, the dog. You're just shuffling your feet. Right. But you're doing it fast. But the, but the number of people who I've seen who, who will step over, walk around their dog, and with the elderly, it's a problem. But you know who I have a hard time with in our household? 
is Ben. The cat. Yeah, was blind in one eye. You know, and, and cats aren't like dogs. Sometimes they're not as obvious. So, you know, he's like, I'm blind in one eye. Can't see ya. So I kind of make it a point of knowing where he is because a couple of times it came uh, fairly close. Ben gets a little slack in the Kokomans household. Gets a lot of slack. But teaching your dogs to move is really a good behavior for both you and them. Hey, we want to list- thank everybody for listening today. It's a beautiful day. It's going to be high 80s here in uh, New England. So get out and enjoy it. Take your dog for a walk. Have fun. It's National Pet Week. Give Cochico Valley Humane Society a call. See if you can foster an animal or just volunteer and help with the number of animals they handle on a daily basis. Have a great week. We'll be back next week. With Dr. Jim McKiernan from the Great Bay Animal Hospital, I'm Brian Kilcommons. Enjoy the day, and we'll be on Great Pets Live next week. Have a great week. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to the Great Pets Radio Show. Join Brian and Dr. Jim next Sunday for more informative pet talk. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.